Hey, while you're sitting down, you can be seated. While you're sitting down, say this. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now find the best looking person you can right there by you. Tell them the rest of your life. All right, you can do better. Um, look at your second choice real quick. Tell them. No, no, don't do that. One more time. Just point to yourself. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now, I'm going to get you to say that as much as I can because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. How many believe your life could get better? Good, that's just about everybody. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus came that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. And, and it doesn't matter how good it's going for you right now, it can get better. It doesn't matter how bad it's going for you right now, the good news is it can get better. Because I'm not saying things are going to be perfect. How many thought when you became a Christian, all of a sudden life would be perfect? Anybody? Be honest. Okay, there's a few people. Yeah, how many found out by the time you, say, got to the parking lot after church, that wasn't true? Life's not going to be perfect. It even says, John 16, in the world you will have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. You're going to go through some things in life, but it says right after that, but be of good cheer. Look at someone next to you say, lighten up. Yeah, be of good cheer. He said, I've already overcome the world and deprived of the power to harm you. So you're going to go through some things, but even in the middle of those, you could have a good attitude. You could be in faith. How many, have to, how many have to work at having a good attitude? Like being positive. How many have to work at it? Be honest. Yeah, most people do. I, I know I do. I'm not born, I, wasn't, I'm, I was born a pessimist, actually. <laughs> even my blood type is be negative. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's not easy, but it's, it's a choice. And so I've just decided, you know, I found out life just gets better when you put God first. Amen. Hey, welcome to uh, Rock Church. Man, it's such an honor for me always to be at Rock Church. Love Pastor Miles and, and also all the other campuses that are, uh, that are joining us, San Marcos and uh, City Heights and East County and Point Lomas and San Ysidra. Uh, I'm from Mississippi. That's how we say it there. I'm kidding. I know how to say it. But hey, welcome everyone for being here. Life, like I said, life just gets better when you put God first. It's like there's a scripture that says when you plant yourself in the house of God, that your life would flourish. Now, we all want to see our life flourish. How do you do that? You do it by planting yourself in the house of God. Well, how do you plant yourself? What does that mean? How, what does that look like? Well, part of it is showing up. I mean, look, you have already started planting yourself in God's house. So when you go out those doors today, you can say, Father, I thank you today. My life is going to flourish. How many want to see your life flourish, your family's flourish? How many like to be happier the rest of this year? I have more love in your home the rest of this year, more joy, more peace, more love. How many like to see more people get saved here at, at San Diego, at, 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 uh, at The Rock? Yeah, of course. We, how many like to have more money the rest of this year? Oh, look at all you selfish people, just all... Wanting more. Now, the desire for more is not a wrong desire or, or an evil desire. It's actually a God desire. And, and, and it's uh, the very first command God gave humans was be fruitful and multiply. Multiply means to increase. The first thing God said is, I want you to be more than you are right now. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing? I mean, we love our church. We, we love what God's doing, the vision. We love our pastor. And, and I'm pastor, I mean, the, in uh, June gave us a challenge just above our normal giving. Uh, we needed to just get to keep things moving forward and what we were doing, an extra million uh, dollars in giving. And, and, and you guys have been so generous. It's been amazing. And then some people stepped up and said, hey, we'll do some matching. If 
if you do this, we'll give this much. If, you, if you'll give that much, and here we are, we're almost to the end, really after this weekend is, is the end of it. And, and I, we're about 100,000. If we gave $100,000 this weekend, all of our campuses, all of us together, which it wouldn't be hard for us all to do, um, that someone will match that and we would meet our goal. How many want to see us meet the goal that God put on pastor's heart? And I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. So I mean, just a little bit extra. I mean, we, the more money you have, the, more, the greater blessing you can be. It's not about you when you think about it. I mean, $100,000 extra this weekend. How many like to be able to go, let me ask this, how many like giving? Let me see your hand if you like to give. Okay, that's pretty much all of us. We kind of can't help it, just kind of the way God made us. For God so loved the world that he gave. So he created us in his image. So giving is just kind of part of who we are. But wouldn't it be amazing? How many like to be able to go, hey, you know, pastor, put me down for a hundred thousand of that. I'll, I'll... How many like to be able to, I didn't, it's not a pledge. I'm just asking. It's not a commitment. I'm just, how many like to be able to do that? Yeah, of course we would. Our heart is, is to give, but here's the thing. I mean, not everybody could do that. May, there may be someone in here got to speak to that could do that or uh, one of the other campuses, but hey, you can do whatever you can whatever God puts on your heart. And I would encourage, if every one of us just did a little bit above our normal tithe and offering, $100, $600, whatever it may be that God puts on your heart, I believe if we all do our part, we could reach that goal and, and, and make it happen. And uh, it reminds me of this church got a phone call and the receptionist answered the phone. The guy said, uh, yeah, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. <laughs> the assistant said, excuse me, are you talking about our pastor? He said, yep, that's what I'm talking about, the head hog at the trough. She's like, that's rude. That's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. We don't talk about him like that. Can I help you with something? And he said, yeah, I heard about the new building you guys were building up there at the church. I just wanted to make a $100,000 donation. And the assistant said, well, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. You know. <laughs> The more blessed you are, the greater blessing you can be. And so uh, I encourage you, be generous, because that's a, here's the thing. The purpose of God's blessing is not so we can get blessed. It's like, a, it's like the purpose of a water pipe is not to get wet. The purpose of a water pipe is to move water from one part of the building to another part of the building, from one part of the city. The purpose of God's blessing is so we can be a blessing. That's really what it's all about. It's not about me. It's about what I can do for others. I'm blessed to be a blessing. When we get that right in our heart, it's amazing what God can do through us and, and will allow us to do for others. So I encourage you, be a blessing because God wants to bless us. And that's part of being planted in God house, God's house is being faithful in those areas. If you love your church, I got a little book I wrote called Planted. Just real simple, just explains kind of seven things you can do to really plant yourself here in God's house, to plant yourself here at the rock. And if you want to see your church flourish, you want to see your life flourish, you can do these things like show up, some of them are pretty easy. I mean, you don't even have to work hard. Just get here. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the, the staff and the team here at, at church. Find a place to serve. My goodness, there's all kind of great things going on. Find a place to plug in. Anyway, I, I wrote this book called Planted, and we've given uh, thousands of them away at Hillsong Church, and I just I, I want you to have it too if, if you want it. And uh, they'll put it up on the screen. All you got to do is just text the word planted. It's an e-book, so I'm going to send it to you. So if you want the book, just text the word planted to that number right there, 25827. Um, and it's not for everybody. It's only for people who love their church. But if that's you, we'll send it right to you. And, and it's not that thick. It looks thicker in the, in the thing. It's easier to read. But uh, it, it's just some things you can do. I think it'll be a blessing to you and, and help you. Because, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes you don't even feel like coming to church. But I'll tell you this. It's the days you don't feel like coming to church is when you need to be here the most. 
Because here's what I found, faith is contagious. And you get in here and you get around other people that are full of faith and believe in God and worshiping God, all of a sudden you start to catch something. You might catch a healing, you might catch some joy, maybe you're having a bad day, you might catch some peace in your mind. Who knows what you'll, you'll catch, but you get in here with that, around other people that are full of faith, and I tell you what, it'll make a difference. So plant yourself here in God's house. Uh, my wife and, and son, they aren't with me today, I just wanted to show you a picture of them, so when I talk about them, you'll know who I'm talking about. That's them right there, that's my wife, she's the one on the right-hand side. And, uh, and that's my little boy on the left. His name is Solomon. Solomon just turned 11. My wife and I just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary, 20 years. And um, she told me, she goes, uh, she woke up on our anniversary. She, she said, you know, today's our anniversary. I said, yeah, I know. She said, I had a dream last night. You're going to give me a diamond necklace. She said, what do you think that means? I said, you know what, when you open your presents, you're gonna find out what that means. She was all excited, I gave her, gave her a gift, and she's ripping the paper off that thing, and I'd, I'd bought her this book on the meaning of dreams. <laughs> and uh, I hope that helped her. I didn't have a clue what it meant myself, but anyway, I hope that helped her figure it out. But uh, anyway, that's, that's my family. I wanna to talk to you today. We, we said a few times a, a minute ago, the rest of our life will be the best of our life. I want you to say something with me. Say the rest of my year will be the best of my year. How many would like to see God do some great things this year? I mean, this year, we still got six months. We're only halfway through this year. How many have ever seen a football team come back in the second half and do more than they did in the first half? How many, how many, y'all know about that here in San Diego? Uh, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, gosh. Why do you get so mad? Y'all don't even have a team. Okay, um, so. So listen, listen, um, you know what I'm talking about. They come back in the second half. Here we are in the second half of this year. I don't know about you, but I'm still believing God to do some great things this year, that the rest of my year could be the best of my year. Well, how do I do that? How to make the rest of my year the best of my year? I mean, there's still six months left this year. So I broke it down a little bit, even, even smaller, because you know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah, so how do I make the rest of my year the best of my year? Well, I start by making the rest of my day the best of my day. And so how do you make the rest of your day the best of your day? Because what are the ingredients to making today great? I wanna to talk to you for the next few minutes about how to make today count. There's three, super ingre three simple ingredients that you add in here to make today a great day. So if you got your pen, paper, your phone, something, just write these three things down. It's not hard, but here's what the Bible says. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Psalms chapter 118, verse 24 this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What, what is that saying? It's saying today is the day he made. Now, it didn't say yesterday was the day he made. I hope you rejoiced. He didn't even say tomorrow will be the day I make. Make plans now to rejoice. He said, this is it. Today is really all you've got. So you've got to learn how to make today count. You really don't even have a tomorrow. When you get to tomorrow, you're just going to rename it today. So today's it. This is the day the Lord has made. But you don't understand what I went through yesterday. Yesterday's over. But you don't understand what I got tomorrow. Tomorrow's not here. All you've really got is today. Plus, think about this. It took you your entire lifetime to get to today. 
It took you 27 years to get to today, 42 years to get to today, 61 years, however old you are, it took you that long to get here. Why not make the most out of today? It's taken your entire lifetime to get here. So what am I gonna put in these ingredients to make today great? There's another scripture I found the other day in Proverbs chapter four. I, I love this, uh, I, and I never really saw this in, in, the, in the Bible before. Proverbs chapter four, and uh, uh, what is verse number, um, Proverbs chapter four, it's in there. Oh, there, there it is on screen, verse number 18. But the path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. A, a perfect, the Bible talks about a perfect day. So how would I make today a perfect day? Number one, I think you gotta own your day. Number one, you gotta own your day. As long as you blame other people for your bad day, it, it's my wife's fault, it's my boss's fault, it's my kid's fault. You can always blame other people for your bad day, but until you take ownership of your day, your day is your responsibility. I could always blame someone else. It's the government's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's, it's the president's fault. You could always blame someone else. My, my little boy told me the other day, he said, Dad, he said, um, what, would, what would the Secret Service say if someone pulled a gun on Donald Trump? I said, I don't know. He said, Donald Duck. <laughs> He's 11. Anyway, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good one. So... How do I take ownership of my day, of, of my, my, make things my responsibility? I got my physical. Doctor said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. I'm like, well, that's, that's Krispy Kreme's fault. <laughs> I could blame them. They're, that light flashes, it's distracting, draws you right in, you know. Uh, and I, I've been, I'm off the Krispy Kreme now. I've been clean about nine months. Um, <laughs> but they're addicting, aren't they? How many know what I'm talking about with that hot one? Anybody have a hot one? Hmm. I'm minding my own business, just enjoying myself, enjoying my day. That light flashes, I black out. <laughs> I woke up, drive through, covered in glaze. I'm shaking. I'm like, what happened? But my decision yesterday to eat the donut got me the place I am today, 25 pounds overweight. So my decision starting today shapes my future tomorrow. It's easy to blame. How many know anybody who always blames other people or has excuses? Always making ex Don't point at them. I saw that. But, uh, you know, they, they've always got an excuse. Guy gets pulled over by the police. Police said, your car was swerving a little bit. I'm gonna need you to take a breathalyzer test. The guy said, oh, officer, I'm sorry. I, I can't do that. I can't take breathalyzer tests. He said, I've got asthma. If I breathe in a breathalyzer, I may have an asthma attack. If I have an asthma attack, I may die. It'd be your fault. The officer said, okay, how about this? Just, I'll get you in the car. We'll go down to the station. I'll get a blood sample from you. He said, oh, he said, I can't do that. He said, well, why can't you do that? He said, well, I'm a hemophiliac. If you stick me, I start bleeding. I can't quit bleeding. I bleed to death. I could bleed to death and I would die. It'd be all your fault. <laughs> the officer said, okay, fine. Just step out of the car, walk down this white line right here. The guy said, oh. <laughs> he said, I can't do that. He said, why can't you do that? The guy said, because I'm drunk. <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of excuses. You know, can't do this, can't do that. Other people just accept responsibility for the things they need to change. It's easy to blame other people. It's harder to take responsibility. But here's the thing. You are not a victim. You are not, a, I, and I know many of life's circumstances have been difficult. Times have been hard. And sometimes you don't have any control over the circumstances or the situations that happen to you. Yet you have to learn to master them or else you'll spend your whole life being controlled by your past. 
There's a great man by the name of Nelson Mandela. Anybody ever heard of Nelson Mandela, the great leader from South Africa? Nelson Mandela, I uh, was just recently in South Africa, went to Robben Island, uh, to the little place where, the cell where he was for over 25 years. And, uh, and, and when you think about Nelson Mandela, I mean, people came from all over the world to celebrate this influential leader and what he, what he did. Now, if anyone could have been controlled by their past, unjust, in, injustice and circumstances that were beyond their control, he could have came out of prison after 20-something years angry. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get these people back for what they did to me. But instead, he chose to rise above his hurts and the, the, the unfairness that was done to him. And he chose instead to make a difference. Went on to win a Nobel Peace Prize. You have a choice. Now, you will find sometimes your difficult circumstances are because of your own choices and your own, and in your own uh, uh, things that you, that you chose, the decisions that you chose to make. But here's the thing. No matter what it is, remember this, remember this one thing. The most important factor in determining whether or not someone is a happy person is the outlook they choose for themselves. The outlook you choose for yourself. So if you can change the way you look at things, the things you're looking at will begin to change. So in owning your day, you've got to own your thoughts. You've got to own your words. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So you eat the fruit of what you say. So you're, you're uh, charting the course of your life by the words that you say. So we've got to take ownership of those things and make the changes that we need to make. So number one, you want to make today a great day, own your day. Number one, own your day. Number two, second thing is order your day. Number two, order your day. Well, what, what, what do you mean by that? It means have a plan for the day. Know where you're going. How many have some dreams and goals, some things you want to accomplish in life? Here's the thing. You can't leave where you're at until you decide where you'd rather be. About 50% of what I do is coaching in the, in the corporate arena and in, in, uh, with athletes and, and, and business people and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, tomorrow night, uh, we're doing an absolutely free seminar, what normally costs a lot of money to go to. We're doing it absolutely free right here uh, for The Rock at 6.30 tomorrow night. It's not for everybody. We don't have enough seats for everybody because we're combining all the campuses and all the services coming. So um, it's not for everybody. But how many want this year to be better than last year? Okay, you're the only ones that should really come back tomorrow night. It's not for everybody. Only people that want things to get better. We're going to get into some principles and, and, uh, and some things I believe will really, really help you. I wrote a book called The 12 Traits of the Greats. I, I took hours and hundreds and thousands of hours studying great achievers, and I found there were common qualities in their life that caused them to be great. We're going to get into some of that tomorrow night. Uh, how many have ever made a bad decision? How many like to learn how to make right decisions? How many like, okay, we're going to talk about that a little bit, so don't make another bad one by not coming tomorrow night. Um, and so get here tomorrow night. We're going to have a great time. And, and I'm going to teach you a little bit from uh, these three coaching programs we've got back. I'll tell you more about it tomorrow night. Uh, but it's called Success Made Simple. I try to make things pretty simple. Because if you're going to get anywhere in life, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have some order to your day. So every day I order my day. I have blocks throughout my day. I, I, I want to spend time in God's Word every day. You can go over here to the airport, and there's planes flying all over the world. But until you decide where you want to go, you're still going to be at the airport. They don't sell your ticket based on where you're at. They sell your ticket based on where you're going. So the first thing you got to know is where you want to go. You can't leave where you're at until you decide where you'd rather be. A ship never picks up its anchor until it has a destination. So how do we know how to get where we're going? And so I'm going to help you develop a plan. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow night. Uh, and because and we've all made mistakes and got off track. How many have ever made a mistake? 
Okay, anyone who's ever made a mistake, this book's gonna help you right here. If you can only get one thing, don't, don't leave without this book. Pastor mentioned it in his, in his opening. But uh, we've had the opportunity to work with some different athletes and, and teams and things like that. And there's a guy named Kobe Bryant. Used to play basketball up, just up the road here. He's retired now. But uh, in 2014, Kobe set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. The most missed shots. How'd you like to have that record? What's amazing is seven days later, he passed up Michael Jordan for the most points scored during his career. So the same guy who has the most missed shots now passes up one of the greatest players of all time for the most points scored. And they asked him, they said, how did you do it? He said, oh, it was real simple. I, I just took another shot. But he said, you can't let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. We all miss shots. We all make mistakes, but how do you get back up, get back in the game, and develop a plan to win again? That's what this book's called, Another Shot. That's what it's all about is how to develop and how to get a, a plan. If you know anybody who's ever had a mistake going through something, I encourage you, grab one for them. We, we're doing a thing back there. To every copy you buy, this is what I love about this book. Every time you buy a copy of this book, we give a copy to an inmate. Someone in the prison system gets a copy of this book because if anybody could use another shot, they can. And so we're going to help and, and be a blessing. So not only are you going to help you, you're going to help someone else as well. Um, amen. And, and so you can get... Um, uh, they're just, uh, they're $20. And if you want to get a second one, you can get a second one for just $10. So for $30, you can get two. I would encourage you to find someone maybe you know that's going through a, a time making some decisions. Give them a copy. Grab an extra copy. And it'd be a great way to invite them to church also. Give them a gift, invite them to church. Well, they say over 80% of people would come with you if you just ask them. So this just opens up a door for you to ask someone and invite them to come to church with you as well. Uh, I'll just give you one quote. I love what uh, Evander Holyfield, the boxer, said. I, I just like this quote, so I want to read it to you. Not, I'm not just trying to drop names like, hey, I know Evander Holyfield. Now, here's what he wrote about my book. I'm not a name dropper. I'm just trying to tell you what the five-time heavyweight champion of the world um, <laughs> said here, if I was trying to drop names, I'd mention what Grant Hill said and Joel Osteen, but I just want, I just want to mention this one thing, because if anything I've learned from spending time with Oprah, it's that uh, <laughs> so you shouldn't drop names. But uh, he, said, he said, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose the fight. It's not getting back up. We all get knocked down. How do you get back up? Anyway, that's, that's in here, and, uh, and I believe it'll be, a, uh, it'll be a real blessing to you and a help to you. So order your day. Develop a plan. Know where you're going. I spend time in the Word of God every day, reading God's Word. I spend time studying, learning, reading books. I, you go to my house, I got over 4,000 books. I can't get enough. There's too much stuff I don't know. If I want the rest of my year to be different than the first part of my year, I've got to learn some things different. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, learn something today. I try to learn something every day. Sometimes it's little things. I mean, I was back signing books after the last service, and I'll go back there today, and, and I'm learning all kind of new ways to spell names. Cheryl, is that Cheryl with a C or Cheryl with an S? You know, Amy, there's like five ways to spell Amy. I mean, there was a new girl at Starbucks the other day, and she had a little badge on, you know, trainee, and I was just messing with her. I'm like, that's funny. Your mom named you trainee. <laughs> she looked at me. She said, it's Trinae. <laughs> I had no clue. I had no clue of that. So anyway, I'm saying there's always, there's always something to, to learn. So 
Find time to learn every day. I look for ways to give to others every day. Most everybody in here lifted your hand. You like giving. I'm always looking for ways I can be a blessing or, or give to someone else a smile, a kind word. Uh, the other day I was at, at Taco Bell. A lady was planning a birthday party with her little boy, and I overheard the conversation, and he could only invite 10 friends, but he wanted to invite 12 friends, and she said, I can only afford this many pizzas, and they're getting upset with each other. It was all about pizza and the slices and how many slices and how many friends he could afford, and, and she could afford, and he was getting mad, and she was getting mad and they don't understand. It was just a money problem is all it was. But when God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. I was sitting right next to him thinking I should do something. I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian, a Christ follower. What would a good Christian do if they heard about someone in need like this? And, and I thought, you know what? I'm going I'm to pray for them. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? I'll be praying for you. I hope that works out. <laughs> when God blesses you, he's got more than you in mind. I remember I had a $100 bill in my pocket. I just walked over to the table. I said, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I wasn't, I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. Um, here's $100. Invite those other friends. You guys just have a great party. God bless you. And I just turned around and walked out because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about me. It wasn't like, here's $100. Here's my card. Check out my website and follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't about, by the way, you should totally follow me on Instagram. But... Um, it wasn't about me. I just turned around and walked out, and she's like, I'm sure she told her friends, I'm sitting in Taco Bell, and this big, bald angel showed up with, <laughs> with $100. But you look for ways. You can be a blessing every day. Order your day. Order your day. Have a plan for your day. Then the last one, number, number three. Let me give you one last one. What was number one again? All right, just making sure you're listening. You're a good class. Number two is what? Order your day. Number three is occupy your day. Occupy your day. What, what does that mean? It means wherever you're at, be all there. It's like showing up here. I mean, you, you can come here. It's, it's one thing to watch the parade. It's another thing to be in the parade. You can show up here on Sunday and look around and see all that God's doing and see the testimonies of what's happening. And, and we, can, we can get all excited about all that and just watch the parade, watch all the people getting saved. Or we can decide to plant ourselves here, get involved, and not just watch the parade, join the parade. Find a place we can serve. Find a place we can plant ourselves. Be generous in our, in our giving and all those things that we do to be planted. Occupy. Don't just watch what God's doing. Be a part of what God's doing here at, at Rock Church. And how do you do that? I, I was teaching my little boy this the other day. I'm like, one of the ways that we plant ourselves in God's house is being faithful with our giving. And I was teaching him about tithing because he had gotten some money for his birthday. He got $50 for his birthday. And, and, uh, and, and I remember growing up in church, we, we learned about tithing offering. Like, boy, you better pay your tithe or God will kill you. <laughs> like, that's what we like. We went to kids' church. They taught us songs when we were kids. Like, God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. Yeah, we didn't learn the joy of giving. And so I'm trying to teach this to my son. You know, you got, you got $50 for your birthday. How much belongs to God? And he's like, $10. I'm like, well, it's actually, it would be 10%, not $10. 10%, that's what tithe means. And so 10% of our income we give, give to God. And, uh, and so $50, that'd be $5. He said, yeah, Dad, but if you're really loving God that day, give him an extra five. It's like, okay, that's, you can do, yeah, that's great. And so anyway, I'm trying to explain to him how the whole tithe thing works. And, and you know, he's 11, so I'm trying to think of something simple and easy to show him. And so th this, this worked out. I thought I'd, I thought I'd show it to you because some of you may be having a hard time understanding how this whole thing works 
when you give God 10, 10% and what, what that means. And, and the Bible talks about how God opens up heaven over our life and, and blesses us, pours out blessings. So tithing kind of opens up the windows of heaven. How many want God to keep the windows of heaven open over your life? How many believe the Bible? Let me see your hand real quick. Okay, good. That's just about everybody. A little over half at least. How many believe God wrote it to help us? Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to explain that to him. So I, the best way I could think to do it was like this. I'll, I'll just show it to you real quick. Um, I said, you know, pretend this pie is like your income, right? Uh, if you get paid once a week, this would be your paycheck or once a month or every two weeks, whatever. We all get a, a, a pie, a paycheck. And, uh, and some pies are bigger, some are smaller. But anyway, we all have a pie. And then we've got we to gotta divvy it up because we got things we got to take care of, responsibilities. And I work a lot with budgeting and people like that, so, you know, showing people stuff. So I'm trying to explain. So you budget, you know. One of the first things you got to do is take care of your, your house payment because, you know, you, you got to have a place to live. You got to have shelter. So your house payment, your, your uh, apartment, whatever that may be. And so you cut that piece of the pie, your, your uh, home. Uh, and that's a pretty big chunk usually of the, of the pie that month. And so I got, my, I got that piece of the pie. And so I want to make sure that's taken care of because I've got to have a place for my family to live. And then um, you can't get to work to pay that and get the check if you don't have a car. So you need a vehicle or transportation. And so I got my car. Oh, my wife's got a car. And we got to get gas in our car. That, man, that just starts adding up. And then there's another big chunk of the, of the pie that's gone. And, and what else do I got to have? I got to have my cell phone. And they call me on my cell phone. Um, so I got my cell phone. And what else I got? Maybe you got some school loans. You got, uh, maybe you got cable, you got electric, uh, uh, you, got, you got your water bill. I mean, you, it just starts adding up all the stuff that you got. You got uh, credit card bills. I mean, what, what else? I mean, if you got kids, my goodness, they have extracurricular activities. And, uh, and then me, I did all the work, right? Who did all the work around here all week? I worked, I went out, I put in my time. I need to enjoy myself a little bit. And so I got something for me, go to dinner, go to a movie. And uh, I mean, look, it just, it's adding up. Um, and then, oh, God, God. Hold on, God, I'm gonna give you everything. God, you've been so good to me. You blessed me so much this week and I wouldn't have anything if you didn't give it to me. So, so here's my opportunity to bring back to you what I got left. Now, Earlier in the message, I talked to you about living God first. When you put God first in your life, things just seem to get a lot better. How many found that when you put God first in your, in your life? And, and we're all trying to live a God first life. We want to live a God first life, giving our heart to God, understanding everything we've got. But in living a God first life, it means I put God first in my relationships. I put God first in my health. I put God first in my finances. And so putting God first, like this would be, well, this would be putting myself first. I'm taking care of all the things I need to take care of, all my bills and myself. And then I just gave God a few crumbs of what I had left. But God's called us to live a God first life. So if I'm putting God first in my finances, so I'm showing this to my little boy, I said, it'd be like this. Every one of us get a pie. This is what we got paid this week, every two weeks, whatever it may be, his birthday money. And this time we give God his first. That's why God said, bring the first of your increase. The first, and I think, why would God, why would I give him first? I mean, I got a lot of bills, a lot of things to take care of. If I give him his first, I mean, that's going to leave less for me. 
And I needed all of it just to take care of the normal stuff I had. How am I going to do that? I remember my dad always telling me when I was younger, when you give God his first, you'll find that, that, that he'll bless the 90%. And the 90% will go further with God's blessing than the whole 100% without God's blessing. And that didn't make any sense to me. I mean, you look at it, that's less pie. I mean, but, but how many would rather have God's blessing on 90% of what you have than no blessing on 100% of what you have? Yeah, of course we would. That makes sense to us. But here it made kind of more sense when I looked at it this way. So I gave God his peace first. Now I've got all my bills. I still got to take care of all those things. But now, after giving God his first, everything I do from this point on now starts with God and it ends with God. Now God becomes the center of everything I do. Everything I do is connected to putting God first in my life. And now he can put his blessing because I've honored him. I followed the principle. We believe the Bible. I followed this principle. Now God can put his blessing upon the rest. And I don't know about you, but it's one thing to have a pie. It's another thing to have a pie that's blessed. And all of a sudden, God begins to pour out his blessing upon my 90%. And I don't know about you, but 90% that's blessed looks better than 100% that's not. And all of a sudden, God begins to bless my 90%. And in the process of blessing the 90%, he blesses you in the process. And you get to enjoy some of the blessings. And then he said he'll begin to pour out his blessings. How many want his blessings on all the areas of your life? And so then all of a sudden, his blessings just begin to come on every other area of your life and everything you touch. Mm gets blessed and you get to enjoy God's blessing. So here's your choice. Do I want to live a me first life or a God first life? Am I going to make a choice? Because it's what it is. It's a choice to put God first place in your life. How many, how many want to put God first place in every area of your life? And it's real simple. That's a simple part of our, our finance. And I knew, I knew we all would want to. I mean, but think about it. Think about if we all really did it. Not just wanted to, but we really did it. I knew you'd want to, so I had some, some um, bumper stickers designed. They're putting them on your cars right now. I had the ushers go ahead and put them on there. And so I hope, I hope you're okay with it. But um, it just says, tithe if you love Jesus, any fool can honk. So uh, I'm kidding, we're not really doing that. But, but seriously, here's what I'm saying. Be faithful. The only place in the Bible God said, trust me, or test me was in this one area with our finances. He knew it'd be easier to put them first in our life, in our, in our relationships, in our families, in our business, than it would be just to put them first in our finances. So the only place in the Bible God said, look, trust me. Give it a shot. Try it. And I remember, goodness, almost 20 years ago now, someone challenged me in this and said, trust God. Because here's the thing, it's not really about money. Tithing, when we walk out these doors in a few minutes and we, we give God that portion of our income that God's blessed us and, and to the level God's blessed you, if you made $400 this week, 40 belongs to God. If you made $4,000 this week, 400 belongs to God. If you made 10,000 this month, 1,000 this month, would, it's, it's real easy to look and see if, you have, if, you're, if you're consistent in tithing, which keeps the windows of heaven open. And then above that, you can be generous. Drop in another 50 or 100 or whatever you feel God puts on your heart that can help us even reach that $100,000 goal above, over and above. So all that's part of just honoring God, putting God first place. Someone challenged me almost 20 years ago. I lived in a little government-assisted apartment. And I was like, man, I, I, I want to get out of this situation. And someone challenged me to try this. They said, hey, 
try tithing for 90 days. Just try it for 90 days. If it doesn't work, quit doing it. Obviously, God's not telling the truth. And I mean, if God's not telling the truth, how many want to find out now? Like, you don't want to get up to heaven. He's like, oh, man, he tricked me. It's a motel. I mean, either he's telling the truth or he's not. And so he said, trust me, test me. It's not about the money. It's about trust. That's what tithing is. It's just saying, God, I trust you. And when, we, when he sees he can trust us and he shows us how we can trust him, it's amazing the difference it makes in your life and in your family. I can tell you 20 years later, I've never quit because I found out God was true to do what he said he would do. Live a God first life. Put him first. Make today count. I tell you what, it'll begin to make a difference in your life and help you make the rest of your life the best of your life. One more time, say that with me. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. I encourage you, say that, say that to yourself 10 times a day for the next 30 days. And maybe take a picture of that if you want to, just to remind you. And you get a free picture of me with it. Look at that. Um, and just for the, next, for the next 30 days, just keep telling yourself 10 times a day, the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. The rest of my year is going to be the best of my year. Father, I thank you today. Lord, you are a good God. And Lord, I, I thank you that as we put you first place in our life. Lord, there may be some people here today that have never, never made that decision to put you first place. Whether you're in this room with me at one of our other campuses or whether you're watching online, you know if that's you. You know God loved you so much that he was willing to give his very best for you. He gave his only son. We never want to close a service without giving you an opportunity to make sure that your heart and your life is right with God, that you're at peace with God. And you've never received that gift, Jesus, into your life. You say, Dave, I want to live a God-first life. I want to give you an opportunity today. In just a moment, I'm going to look across the building. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you're in this room and you've never made a decision, if you're watching online, one of our other campuses, you've never made a decision to put God first. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray a prayer over your life. Or maybe you're here and at some point in your life, you've asked God to come into your heart, into your life. But you'd say today, Dave, you know what? God's not first place right now. I've allowed other things to come before. and I'm, I'm, He's not first place in my life, but I, when I leave here, I want him to be. If you're either one of those two people, either you've never put God first place in your life or he's not first place right now, but you want him to be. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand real quick. Let me pray a prayer over, over your life. One, two, three, all across the room. Let me see your hands. Thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you up in the balcony. Father, I thank you for many hands here online or other campuses. Lord, I thank you that you don't just give us a desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You never condemn us, but you do convict us and you show us these areas of things in our life and our heart. Father, you said it's as simple as this. If we'd believe in our heart and say with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. I want everyone to say the, those words with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Tell you what, that's one of the greatest, that is the greatest decision you could ever make to put God first place in your life. In just a few minutes, you'll find out how you can begin to grow in that journey. And we talked about another shot, a comeback. 
I can't think of any greater comeback you could make if you lifted your hand than to come back here every Sunday. Come right back here and begin to grow and, and let us pour into your life and, and help you in that walk with God and disciple you and get involved and see what God can do. Three, one more thing. Bow your heads one more time. Let me just pray one more prayer. In putting God first in our life, we also put him first in the other areas, our finances. For a couple minutes there at the end of the message, I talked to you about your, your tithe, of being faithful in the area of your finances, putting God first in that area of your life. And maybe that's something you've never tried before. You know, I'm going to challenge you today just like someone did me almost 20 years ago. Try it. Try it for 90 days. Put God to the test. See what happens in your life. If you consistently bring back to God. Now, maybe, maybe you, listen, this doesn't mean you don't love God. This doesn't mean that you've never given anything to God. Maybe you put something in every now and then, but it's not that first, that first piece of the pie, that, that first 10% living a God first life. And you say, Dave, you know what? I, I, I feel that in my heart, God's speaking to me about that. He's not going to condemn you, but he may speak to you about it to say, hey, you know what? This is an area you need to really work on. With your heads bowed, I'm going to look across one more time. You say, Dave, you know what, that's an area that I haven't been as faithful in as I should be. Never tried it before, but you know what, today I feel like the Holy Spirit's talking to my heart. And I'm going to try this for 90 days. I'm going to be consistent for 90 days and trust God and see the difference that it makes in my life. When I count to three, I'm going to look across the building just one time. If that's you and God's speaking to your heart, just lift your hand real quick and say, Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going, to, I'm going to prove God in this area. One two, three. Let me see your hands all across the room real quick, all across the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Father, I thank you for hands all across the room and our campuses. And Lord, I thank you for a, a group of people that say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in this area. And in just a moment, when we leave this building, we'll have an opportunity to say, God, here, here I go. I'm starting now. I'm going to start trusting you. And with, our, with what you've blessed us with, everything we have came from you. We're gonna bring back a portion to you. Lord, I'm gonna encourage each person to write on their envelope, on the outside of that envelope today, God first. Saying, you know what, I'm making a decision to trust God, to prove God. And Lord, I thank you that just like me, 20 years from now, they'll be saying, I remember that day. You know what, 20 years later, I can tell you God is faithful to do what he said he would do. Father, I thank you for that today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One more time. Amen. Put your hand together for those that made that decision today. And one more time, say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Amen. Keep speaking that. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night too at 630. We're not done yet. We're going to close up, but I'm going to ask our pastoral support team to, to come forward. And for those of you guys that made a decision, we saw those.